good morning. Let's stand all over the house this morning. We're going to sing an old hymn of the church that says, I'm in a new world since the Lord saved me. Let's worship the Lord this morning.
Amen. 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 Are you so thankful today that we live there? We're going to ask our ushers at this time if they would make their way this morning to take up our tithes and offerings. And we're going to pray over those. And immediately following that, you can bring your tithes and offerings unto the Lord during our meet and greet time together. So let's bow this morning for prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come into your house today. And we are just so honored and privileged to be able to spend the day with you today. Lord, we ask, Lord, that in this moment, Lord, as a part of our worship, that we have the opportunity to give back today. Lord, we pray you bless the gift and the giver and those that have to give and those that may not. Lord, if there is someone here today who cannot give for whatever the reason may be, Lord, we pray there would come a point in time they would be able to be blessed enough to be able to give back to just show how much they love you. Father, we pray that everything that is taken up today will be for the advancement of your kingdom. We pray you would be with us in the remaining portions of service, every singer, every instrumentalist, every speaker today. In Christ's holy and precious name we pray. In the body of Christ together said amen. Amen. Come at this time and bring your offerings to the Lord. As you make your way back this morning uh, to your seats, want to make a couple announcements to you today uh, as we get ready to segue into the remaining portion of script uh, programming today. You can be seated. I don't want you to have to stand uh, this entire time. If you are a first-time guest, there in the seat pocket in front of you, there is a connection card. Uh, we would like for you to fill it out, not because we want to send you a bunch of unsolicited mail, but because we just want to know who you are. We want to be able to have a record of your visit with us today. Also, if you are a first-time guest with us today, we want you to get your, these uh, sheets today. 
they are uh, in the back of the auditorium, uh, excuse me, in the back of the Welcome Center area by the church office. Uh, these are our events coming up for the entire month of October coming up, and then the special events that we're having until the end of the year. This tells you what's happening on our campus through October. This one has to do with what's happening, you know, Christmas season, Thanksgiving season, church Christmas parties, all that kind of stuff for the remainder of the year. We ask that you take one of each per family, not one per, per not one each per person, but per family, uh, and put it on your refrigerator or whatever it may be to make sure that you are aware of what's going on. As always, we ask you, if it's possible, to please just make sure your uh, phones are on uh, some kind of vibration or silence just because we don't want to disrupt those around us in there. If you've got children today, make sure you please take them home with you. The same ones you came with are the ones we want to go back home with you. So make sure you sign them out as well today. Uh, we've got a couple ministries that will be launching here soon. You'll hear more details. Our women's ministries will be getting back started. Our men's ministry will get back started. And then we're going to have um, some things for all of you that are 55 and older. We're not saying you're old. We didn't really want to call it a senior adult ministry because we didn't want you to think we were inferring any kind of negative remarks. But we're calling this the pillars ministry because that's the undergirth of our church. The majority of our church has been paved by people who have been here a long time, who have sacrificed, who have given a lot. and They have kind of been the foundational pieces of our church. So we want to honor them as well. Today is also the last day to sign up for Wednesday night's fellowship meal for October because we got to know how much spaghetti and stuff we have to cook. So make sure if you're planning on eating on uh, October the 5th that you sign up today in the Welcome Center for that. Also on October, or excuse me, yeah, October the 2nd, we are partnering with CLM on Sunday night to let one of their graduates host their thing, our service here. We will have our regular service. We'll have a regular preaching. We're just going to allow that graduate to take a five-minute testimonial to just share what God's done, just to help. They needed a host church, and so we offered to help them today with that. So we've moved snack night to that same night. We just bumped it back a week, not because we didn't want to have snack night two nights in a row, but we know that's a lot, so we're just going to do it on one group together with that. You should have already got connection. Uh, team leaders reach out to you about that. Don't forget, Carmen and Tyler's baby shower is coming up on October the 8th here at the church at 2 p.m. Uh, you uh, should have RSVP'd already by now to uh, Miss Susie, but I'm sure if in the event that you forgot and it slipped your mind, you could let them know today and they'll squeeze you in, but please don't wait much longer than that. For that church work day, it's coming up on October the 22nd. We'll give you more information coming up about that. Uh, the Family Fest, we'll give you more info on that coming up as well. To all our online guests, we want to welcome them to church today. Can we just give a hand of welcome to all our online guests today that are serving with us today? As always, you can find out information on the church website. You can download the Our Church app and use SantiCircleCOG to find out. You can follow us on all our social media platforms. And let me say to all of you, first-time guests or returning, we are so excited to have you with us today. We hope you feel right at home come again soon. If you need anything, please let any of our hospitality members know. Miss Ann, Miss Patricia's in here. I think Miss Nina is in the back still. Uh, but all of these folks that will help you any way they can today. We do have a special treat for you uh, today. Uh, we're going to go ahead and ask those that are doing scripture and prayer to make their way. But Sister um, Sherry is our special singer for today. But her son Tyler has come today to play for her on the guitar. So we're 
Super excited to have Lisa and uh, Tyler and the boys with us today as well in church. So we're excited to have them today. Are you ready to worship the Lord today? Amen. Amen. Brother Marion, as you come to lead scripture and prayer. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I chose Ephesians chapter 5. Um, starting in verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and glamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Here we see this is instruction from Paul to the Ephesian church. As well as you and I, we need this instruction as well. Um, with that, I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer. Um, I love the Lord. I'm thankful for all of you. Um, if you're saved, you're my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I'm glad to be here among y'all to worship God. Let us pray and ask the Lord to have favor upon this service as we pray. Father, again, we're thankful, Lord, always for your love and mercy. Thankful, Lord, for all that you do in our lives. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that we can come together, Lord, as your people. Lord, we love you. We love your church. We love the fellowship. Lord, we pray, Lord, a special blessings upon every part of this service today. I pray, Lord, that it would bring satisfaction. Lord, that you would smile down upon us, Lord, as we lift up holy hands, as we worship, as we praise you, and give you all honor and glory. Again, Lord, I'm thankful for your love, mercy, and grace, all that you did at Calvary. And, Lord, we praise you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Worship with those that are coming to lead us this morning in worship. In the garden of Gethsemane, I could see our Savior there as he talked to the Father in earnest prayer. He said, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But if not, Lord, it satisfies me. Now if it satisfies you, Lord, then it satisfies me. These few words may my prayer ever be. If you have me on a mountain or in a valley on my knees, either way. But if I go by 
Tyler, thank you so much for playing for those, those today as well. Let's stand all over the house this morning, if possible, and let's, uh, if you can be ready to worship. We're going to sing an old, old Andre Kraut song. Most of you probably will know this song. It was written uh, probably in the 80s, if, if my memory serves me correct. But it just says, soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. And so let's, let's worship the Lord this morning.
world today, Lord, that we are so thankful for all that you do for us each and every day. And we know it's the blessings of God. And so, Lord, we are to decree and declare in this house of worship today that we thank you for all the blessings that you give us each and every day. And, Lord, that's our heart's cry today. Thank you. So let's sing this together. For as the world looks upon me as I struggle.
thankful for the blessings that God gives us each and every day. Oh, we love you, Lord. We thank you today. Lord, we know that it's your presence that we feel in this place. Lord, we know that you're able to do it again. No matter whatever we face, we know you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So, Lord, we serve you today with gladness. We worship you in this place. God, inhabit the praises of your people. In Jesus' name. We're walking around these walls. And I thought by now they'd fall. But you have never failed me. promise, Lord, for your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness, I'm still in your hands, this is my confidence, you never fail me Jesus, you're still enough. Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. So your promise still stands, so we declare. Your promise still stands. Great is your faith.
our Lord. We've seen you move. We've seen you move mountains so we can believe we can see you do that again. We can see marriages come together. We can see finances come together. We can see sicknesses made whole. We can see you do only what you can do because your promise still stands. You are faithful. Great is the faithfulness of the Lord. Morning by morning new mercies we receive because of Jesus Christ. So God, we stand and lay claim on those words today, the body of Christ. Lord, we claim those for our families. We claim those for our church. We claim those for our co-workers. We claim those for our friends. We claim those for anyone and everyone that comes to be a part of the family of God. We claim that word because it's your promise. It's your word. The Bible says that your word would not return unto you void, but it would accomplish the task that it was sent to do. For that we give you all the praise and glory and honor because we know nothing good comes except from the Father above. Christ Jesus our Lord we pray and the body of Christ together said, Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning just briefly. I want to make it a couple of just statements to you here really quick before we break the bread of life. You can turn to the book of Romans chapter number 3. The book of Romans chapter 3. You know, I'm, I'm not one that typically goes on this idea that everything that's under every rock is a devil. Um, sometimes I do think that we give the devil a lot more credit than he deserves personally speaking, but as you can tell, obviously, there was quite a few folks missing off our stage today. I was on pastor's prayer time this week, WKCL Radio, some of you may or may not have heard me this week, depending on what your schedule was. Friday, I got the esteemed privilege, I don't get very often to work with Brianna, but Friday, she was filling in for the air minister, so we got to work together uh, behind the glass, it's a really unique dialogue because she's over there smiling and laughing because she knows I can't do anything because I'm live, and so she's writing paper notes and stuff. I think she wants to see how much I was really praying versus talking, so she wanted to make sure I was really praying. But all that we got through this week, most of the ones we got through with Brother David and Irvine and, and, and Brianna, the requests, all had to do with people needing a spirit of health, well-being 
majority of the requests. We didn't get a lot of requests for finances or marriages. It was sickness. And I found out this week that Brother Dennis and Sister Dale have contracted the flu. And obviously with all of the health issues that she already had going on, we don't really need that to help. <laughs> um, we had enough on our plate. And then Sister April, as you can see, I'm missing a whole row up front. <laughs> Sister April texted me um, Friday night and into Saturday morning that all three of her girls have RSV. Two of them, one of them, Hadley, is coming out of it. She's had it. She's coming out of it. Uh, but the other two are still taking their antibiotics. They're trying to get through it. But, I mean, they sound, she sent me an audio clip. I mean, they, their voices, their, you can hear the cough. You can just hear the, just the sickness in those little baby girls' bodies. And, and you know, I got a text message this morning uh, around, uh, I don't know, right before Sunday school. I guess it was around 9 o'clock, somewhere in that window, 9.55. And she said, Pastor, just to let you know, not to swell your head, but Abby's really upset with me. Now, Abby's one of the ones that's got RSV, too, or real sick. The two of, two of them, Abby and Layla, have it real bad. Hadley's coming out. That's the baby. She said, Abby's really upset. And I said, oh, okay. I said, just from sickness and stuff. She said, no, she's mad at me because I won't let her go to church. And she said, I tried to explain to her, but I don't want anybody else to get sick. You need to stay home, blah, blah, blah. And she said, but I want to go to church. I don't care. I want to go to church. You know, and I I could talk about <laughs> we should have faith like children, and we should want to come to church like Hadley, but she's real sick. And Brother Dennis and Sister Dale are real sick. This morning, Sister Barnes is here. She's here, but you don't see her sitting here. About halfway through the worship, Sister Barnes took not feeling so good. She's just she's sitting back there. We've got our hospitality team with her. She's doing fine. She's okay. We've got her sprites. We've got her, you know, all the stuff, crackers and things like that. But she just didn't feel herself. She was feeling a little, little different. She's right there. I can see her through the glass. She's looking at me so she knows if I'm telling, preaching good or not. She'll give me a thumbs up or down. I can see her. Hospitality team's with her. You know, and then obviously the Carlson family's not here. And you may know that Miss Mary Weaver, she's in North Carolina taking her next treatment for her cancer. Yesterday she took a bold step. Her hair was beginning to already come out from the chemotherapy and stuff. So yesterday was a big day for her. She went and had her hair cut off. She's getting fitted for wigs and hats and all that stuff yesterday. And I was picking with her. I texted her back and I said, man. You, you have, your hair looks, you, you look good today. And she texts back and said, I don't know about that. I said, hey, look, you look better with no hair than Brother Wendell looks with his hair. And she just laughed. And, um, and I'm going to go to the message here in just a second. But I, I'm going to do something out of the box. I'm going to ask you to, you don't have to stand. But I just want to pray a prayer of faith for, for wellness, health. The Bible says in James, we've been studying the book of James, you know, and if, I didn't believe what James said. I shouldn't probably teach his book. <laughs> kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? But the Bible says this. And you're going you're gonna to know where I'm going as soon as I say it. If there are any sick among you, let him call on the elders of the church. Now, we can't bring all the sick people in here and let you all catch it. So we may not have that luxury. Brother James, not the writer of James, but our brother James, Jesus, here today. 
we have talked about this before. Where are, where are the prayers of faith for sick people? I'm not talking about going to the hospitals and raising people off their beds. I mean, that would be great if we could do that. Just this past week, Brother Rocky's brother-in-law had a massive heart attack situation. He was painting. He ended up in the hospital. and It wasn't looking good. And he's not out of the woods yet, but his heart, they, they did a procedure. Now he's, he's, he's off of the, the, if you will, artificial heart. His heart's working on its own. He's still a little sedated. But he is way closer to coming out of the woods than he was when we talked about it on Wednesday night where he was in the woods. So God's able. You know, I, I can believe that Sister Barnes can feel better. I believe those little girls at home can feel better, whether it's right now, whether it's this afternoon. What kind of body of Christ would, universally speaking, we be if we didn't pray one for another? You know? So I'm going to ask you to just help me pray together. You don't have to get up from your seat. This is not like a run the aisles and shouting service. We'll get to the message in just a second, but let's pray for health and well-being. Can we pray together? Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, there are many people in this house that have friends, family, co-workers, children, grandchildren that are sick. There are some in this house this morning not feeling their best today. Lord, there are people that taught Sunday school today that weren't feeling good and they had to take medication just to get through it. There are people, God, that are battling heart attacks that are in hospitals or there are little precious baby girls that are battling sinus infections and RSVs and other related sicknesses. God, there are people that drove to church this morning that are sick in their own body and needing a touch from an almighty God. God, there are people that are at home right now watching online that are stricken with the flu and, and other sicknesses and there are some traveling home from vacation but are watching online but God, we need you to bring a spirit of health and wholeness and wellness upon the body of Christ. There are people that are battling uh, ear infections and sinus infections and, and people in this house that have, have been delivered and healed from sicknesses before. So we know that the effectual fervent prayer of righteous men and women will and does availeth much. So we pray that right now, God, you bring healing and wholeness and wellness to the body of Christ, God, because it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, declares the Lord of hosts. So today, let you be glorified. Let you be magnified. And let you do what only you can do. We just declared your promise still stands. You are a faithful God. You are a healing God. You are a redeeming God. You are a life-giving God. You are a sustainer of all mankind, God. You are a God that surpasses all human understanding. You are a God that does exceedingly and abundantly above anything we can ask or think. And we rebuke the vile works of the enemy. We rebuke the spirit of sickness. We rebuke the spirit of infirmity. And we decree and declare healing upon the body of Christ. In Jesus, the name that's above every name. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the people of God together said, Amen. Will you give the Lord a hand clap of praise like he's already done it in this place today? Hallelujah. I'm a firm believer we should praise God before the miracle like it's already done. So we've already been practicing. So when the miracle comes, we already know how to shout about it. We already know how to praise God for it. Sometimes you got to praise your way out of the mess. Not worry about the mess. Praise him out the mess. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Well, if you can, 
We're going to break the bread of life today. Romans chapter number 3, verse number 10. If you have it, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the Word of God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 through 12. And I'm going to read one passage out of the Old Testament real quick after that, and then we're going to go right into it. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome. He said, as it is written, meaning this has already been said before. I'm not the first guy to say it. Apostle Paul said, you already know this. There is no one righteous. No, not one. There is no one who understands, and there is none who are seeking after God. They have all turned aside. They have all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 16 says this. The Lord saw that no man, that there was no man, and he wondered why that there was no intercessor, meaning why nobody was praying anymore. Therefore his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness, it sustained him. The Bible said that God looked from heaven and he could not find people that were praying and seeking God. Look at what he said in the Apostle Paul in Rome. There was no one who was seeking after God. May it never be said of this body of believers and may it never be said of the church of the living God, not just Cleveland, Tennessee, but the universal church. Let there never be a time and place where God can look down from heaven and say that no one's praying and no one's seeking Him. If there's ever been a time to seek the face of the Lord, it is now to pray one for another. So this morning I want to preach to you, is there anyone praying? Is there anyone Praying. Father, will you bless the reading of the word? Not only let us be hearers, but doers of it there likewise. Lord, I pray you would be with us the remaining portion of the service. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary and let you be glorified and magnified in this place. And the people of God together said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Is there anyone praying? I started part of this message last week because we're in the middle of a, if you will, a, a series called Assignments. We started with the letter F in the word assignment. We talked about finding, finding the lost, reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. And then we're, now we're on the letter I. And the letter I stands for intercessing or intercessory prayer, interceding. We're talking about list looking for people that are, are people of prayer. And by the time we finish this series, we'll have covered the word finish, F-I-N-I-S-H. We will go through it. We will find them. We will intercede for them. We will network as the body of Christ together for the advancement of the kingdom. We will invest into the word, into the ministry of God's kingdom. We will send out laborers and harvesters into the field. And then we'll reap the harvest God has for us. When it's all said and done, Jesus said in Matthew 21, He said we have to go wherever we go, praying and believing, we shall receive. In His last writings in the book of Matthew, He said we got to tell the whole world who Jesus Christ is is before he comes he has to know in the new american standard i shared with you last week the word prayer is used over 250 times the word worship which is a form of prayer 176 times the word uh, praise if you will uh, and worship it is used uh, 364 times and the word give thanks used 75 times all throughout scripture you can find different if you will vernaculars and nomenclatures of words that still underlying this tone of being men and women that seek the heart of God seek the face of God praying for God to be who he says he is I read to you C.S. Lewis says the moment you wake up in the morning 
all of your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like a wild animal. Your first job is to corral them and to sit them on the sidelines and listen to the still small voice of your life. John Bunyan said, he who runs from God in the morning will scarcely find him the remainder of that day. We have sure that we are men and women of prayer. If I could ever before I break into the crux of this message can get you to understand anything today, I want you to understand this simple, real simple statement. It's one simple statement. Prayer still works. It still works. I can't tell you how I can explain it all the time, but I don't know how God can take someone who's had a heart attack and give it life again. I can't tell you how God takes cancers that and makes them go away. I can't tell you sometimes even how it does. But I'm telling you, I can't always explain it. I may not always have the mindset of what just happened. But I'm telling you, there's been many a times I have prayed to God in the midnight hour. And I have sought the face of the Lord. And when I needed Him most, heaven came down. Glory filled the soul. The room changed in the atmosphere. I'm telling you, you can be say I'm old-fashioned. You can say I'm outdated. You can say, I, I don't know about that preacher. There's all these new age and new religions. I'm telling you. The simple fact of the matter is prayer still changes the lives of the believer. Prayer still brings a sinner to a repentant altar. Prayer still changes the wayward son or daughter. Prayer brings the lost son and daughter home. Prayer still is the most effectual communication between God and man. And prayer will keep us till the end of this time. It's all through the house of prayer. In fact, Jesus said it this way. Jesus said that, that when you come to worship God, and you come together as a body of believers. That his house should not be considered a house of praise and worship. It should not be a house of preaching. Against preaching. And not that Jesus is against praise and worship. No, praise and worship ushers us into a presence. A throne room. Music that Psalmist David was famous. He wrote an entire volume of songs in a songbook called Psalms. About worshiping the Lord. And the Bible tells us that the word has to be preached. But Jesus said the one thing he wanted his church to be identified is. Is it would be a house of prayer. Where people could come. And it would not be a mausoleum for the saints. But it would be a hospital for the perishing. God doesn't want us to just be a plaque on a wall. He wants us to be living and breathing and a force in this dark world. The problem is that too many churches, too many people have, if you will, acquiesced to being a monument or a mausoleum of the things of the past or plaques of a wall. Well, God used to. God used to do this. God used to do that. God used to say, God used to, God used to, God used to. God did not change. In fact, the writer says he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God used to heal people, he still heals people. If God used to save people, he still saves people. If God used to restore marriages, he still restores marriages. If God used to help the on the cattle on the have to see the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread, God still has an abundant supply of riches to bless his children. I'm telling you to be God. God is a God of still today. He might have been the God of yesteryear, but He's the God today, tomorrow. He's the God in your tomorrow before you get to tomorrow. One time I was driving. It's a unique experience when you're driving and you go over time, you know, the timelines of, of, the, of states and things like that. So I was driving and I left where I was at in a particular state at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. 
Brother Corey, I drove 45 minutes west. And I arrived at my destination at 4.45 in the afternoon. That'll freak you out. That'll freak you out. You know you left your house at 5 o'clock. And when you got to your destination, it was 4.45. You feel like Marty McFly and Back to the Future. You just feel like everything's just, you just went back in time. You don't know what happened. It's, it's a weird experience. Listen, I don't want to serve a God. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm about to preach. But I don't want to serve a God that I know used to heal people. Because that's a storybook. That's a history book. Not that God's word is not a history book. But I don't want to know about a God who could raise dead people up used to. I don't want to know about a God who used to bring prodigal sons back to the heart of the Father. I don't want to know about a God who used to could heal blinded eyes and lameness and deafness and muteness and all the other diseases. I don't want to serve a God who used to could do it. I want to serve a God who still can. Because I know out of the God of I was, I want to serve the God of I am, the God of I will, the God that I can. Because I'm telling you that the Muhammad and Buddha and all these other religions, they used to have a God they served, but that God died. They used to have a prophet, but that prophet's buried in the heart of the earth somewhere. But Jesus Christ is the only one that was the prophet and the mediator between God and man, that when he died, he also got back up. He didn't stay there. He went to the right hand of the Father to make intercession. That means Jesus is praying on our behalf. And he's praying for the heart of the believers. See, I don't want to be a part of a, a movement or a, or, a, or a religious sect of people that serves a God of incapabilities. What good would that be if I served a God who was incapable to supply all my needs? What good would it be if I served a God who was incompetent? What would it be if I served a God who couldn't heal when I needed healing? What would it be, what kind of God, what kind of movement would it be if I served a God who could not sustain life when I needed life and I needed to declare I shall live and not die? What kind of God would it be if I served like the gods of Dagon and the Ashtoreth and Chemosh and all the other gods of the Amalekites and Amorites and Jebusites? What kind of God, Baal and the idols of Baal, what kind of God would it be if when I call on him he doesn't answer me by fire in the midst of my turmoil and my situation? I don't want to serve a God that is... That everybody can look at and be like, well, you know, maybe your God is sleeping. He's not paying attention. No, I want to serve a God that before I even ask it, think it, or comprehend it, He's already on the scene. He's in that situation before I even get to that situation. I want to serve a God that even when I don't know what to pray, they'll become that sweet Holy Spirit, that sweet heavenly dove. That'll walk into the room, tears will stain my pillowcase, and words will evaporate from my mouth, and it's like I never had them before. But the Holy Spirit walks in and grabs me by the hand and says, Shh, you just sit right there and just cry. God, and i got to have a little talk with Jesus for just a little talk with Jesus. Jesus will make it right. I may have doubts. I may have fears. My eyes may be filled with tears. But Jesus is a friend that watches every day and night. I go to him in prayer. He'll know every care for just a little talk with him. Makes everything come all right. I don't want to serve a God who can't fix it. I want to serve a God I know that is going to fix it. And willing to fix it because he loves his children. So I want to talk to you about this prayer. First thing I want to bring to your attention is there's a problem. There's a reason people aren't praying. We got a problem in the land. I already read it to you in Romans 3, 10 through 12. He said, as it is written, meaning God's already said this before. He said, no one understands God. No one is seeking after God. That's not a God problem. Hello, church. All right, let me read it to you. I don't want you to misread. What I, I'm going to put it on the screen so you know I'm not misquoting it. There is no one who understands. There is no one who is seeking after God. That's not God's problem. 
That's our problem. God did not change. We did. God did not lose his ability to be all-powerful. We lost the desire to seek after the things of God. There's a problem. In fact, Psalms 14, 2 and 3 says this. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were anyone who did understand and seek after him. They were all gone aside, and they had all together become filthy. There was none that doeth good, no, not one. It is the same scripture the Apostle Paul is referring to in Romans chapter 3. He said, God looked down from heaven, and he looked, and the world had turned their back on him. They went on their own way. They followed their own precepts. They followed their own desires. They went their own way. They served their own gods, the gods of self, the gods of secular humanistic theology and thought process. They served the God of me instead of the God of I am. we got too many people living in the world today that serve the God of self than the God of heaven and earth. we got too many people wanting to serve the God of me rather than the God that says I am that I am and whatever you have need of, that's what I will be. See, too many people today put their faith and trust in a checkbook, a pocketbook, in a bank account, in a job, in a, in a marriage, in a, how great their children and successful their children is. There are too many people looking for the approval of man rather than the approval of God. Listen, when time ends, it won't matter what man thinks about you because you all are going to find out, ready or not, that's not the person you should have been paying attention to. But we better be able to hear when we go to heaven, well done. Thy good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord. I'm telling you, it is not about if my boss thinks I'm the greatest thing if my wife who I love with all my heart I don't even care if Brianna thinks I'm the greatest thing I th I'm glad when she does but it doesn't hurt my feelings when she doesn't I don't even care if Micah thinks I'm the best daddy in the world because I might strive to be the best that I can be but I may fall short but I want to stand before Jesus and I don't want him to say well I thought you could have done better or I thought I want him to say Jonathan you might have not been the best husband all the time and you may not have been the best father all the time but I see your name written in the book of life and I want to tell you well done job well done you I want to hear the approval of God before I hear the approval of mankind the approval of God there's many things in our lives we don't understand there's a lot of things I don't understand cars I don't there's so many nuts bolts screws washers pieces in fact I'm the guy that fixes the car don't bring me your car by the way it won't work the same again I'm the guy that I'll be taking Brother Tyler something apart, and I'll hear that little screw go ding, ding, down in the, the you know, block down there somewhere. Instead of getting a magnetic thing to try to find it, I'm like, well, they probably sent extras. That probably wasn't, it wasn't an important screw. It just holds something. It'd be all right. I'll zip tie it. It does the same thing, right? I can just zip tie it. Who needs a screw? You know, it's down there somewhere. Eventually, it'll fall out. I'll never know it, but you know what? It's there somewhere. That's also probably why my engine will fall out in the middle of the road one day. I don't know. It should be what it is. I'll call somebody and be like, hey, look, my car is about 35 feet up. My engine's about 35 feet behind me. Can someone help me put them back together? That's probably that screw I didn't want to put back in that well, engine block a couple days ago. The reality is there's a lot of things in our lives, and I'll use that as a humor, humorous illustration. There's a lot of things in our lives I don't understand. I don't understand medicine. Miranda comes home, she says words that are like 17 letters long and 14 syllables, and she's supposed to think I know what that means. I'm like, talk to me in stupid people terms. Don't tell me you got akalaka, falakala, sakala. Just say you're sick. That's good. Okay. Let's start there. What is this all la la stuff? Is? Oh, well, you got a sinus infection. I know that. Let's go with that. What do I need to take? Oh, well, you need to take such and such, such, such medicine. No, no, no. Give me the generic version. Z-Pack. Got it. I can take that. 
Talk to me in stupid terms. I don't understand stuff. She can spit it off left and right, tell you what everything, and I'm like, uh, you're speaking in a foreign language to me, and the Spirit of the Lord did not interpret that. I don't know what you just said. Don't understand it. There's a lot of things that I mean, there's a lot of things. I love sports. I remember I had a friend one time who didn't know anything about sports. Bless their soul. I hope they're not listening today. Um, we were watching a football game together. And the little yellow line, all of you that are football fans, the TV produces a little yellow line that tells you where the first down marker is. <clears throat> to show you how educated my friend was in sports, my friend, about halfway through the second quarter, said, John, I have a question. How does, you know, you're watching the TV and they, they do hurry up offenses and they get it back on the field real fast. How does the people get on the field so fast to keep painting those yellow lines before anybody snaps the ball? How do they know where to paint it every time? I said, what are you talking about? You know the little line? It's like every time they, they spray over it back green so it looks like grass, and then they run up real fast, and they have somebody else spraying the next line and let them know. It's like they're constantly, that person has to be tired spraying all day long, that line. I said, are, you mean the little line on the Yeah, how do they do that? I said, oh, you know, it's a high-paying job. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to do that. To this day, I still think they think people paint that. I hope they don't go to a real game and realize they're going to be shocked nobody's out there painting lines. There's a lot of things that you or I may not ever understand. Let me tell you something else I understand. I don't understand how I can have a black heart and how someone can die. There's the precious Lamb of God that's going to shed red blood. And now I take two dark clothes. Any of you that ever washed clothes, you don't put darks, you don't put fresh red clothes and fresh black clothes in a washing machine and they all turn out white. No, anything that's in there white is going to now look like that. That's what's going to happen. I can't explain to you how God takes red blood black hearts and creates white hearts or black sin and creates white hearts out of it I don't understand it but he does see there's things in life I may not understand you know the, the, the old song says this there's many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand but I know who holds tomorrow and I also know who holds my hand I don't always have to understand it I just got to know somebody who does understand because the old song the old hymn of the church says we will one day understand it better by and by I may not understand it here but one day I'll get it. But I want you to understand the problem is not God changed. I did. We did. The promises of God are still the same. Hebrews 10 verses 22 and 23 says this. Let us approach God with sincere hearts full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed by pure water. Let us hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised it is faithful. God is still faithful. He's still faithful. Just because you don't see your prayers working doesn't mean God did not hear them and is not already formulating a plan for your behalf. We sing it around here. I know I quote it so many times. You're probably tired of hearing it like my school bus analogy. But I'm telling you, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. I may not always know how God's going to make it happen. I may not understand why God's not coming when I want him to come. But his ways are not my ways. And his, neither is his thoughts my thoughts. For his ways are much higher. His thoughts much more vast. I'm telling you, there's not been a prayer ever offered up that God did not hear it. He may not have answered it on my timeline, but there's not been one person that has come with a sincere heart before God that God turned off his spiritual hearing aids and ignored them. God will hear us when we call on his name. There's a story told of a medical missionary who was home from furlough. He was telling this at his home church in the state in which he lived. He was serving at a field hospital in South Africa 
And every two weeks he had to travel by bicycle to a jungle city, in, through the jungle to a city for supplies. The journey took two days to get there. He had to camp halfway and two days to come back, or a day to come back. He would purchase supplies. He would get money out because he would be gone for two solid weeks, if you will. Upon arriving into the city one day, he observed that two men were beginning to fight. and One of them was left severely injured. He treated him for his injuries and talked to him about the Lord and led him to Jesus. As he traveled back two days afterwards, camping overnight, he arrived back into his village that he was serving in without any incident. Two weeks later, he approached the city again like he always did. As he was arriving into the city, there stood the man that he had treated at the gate. He said to me, he said to the missionary, he said, I saw you get all that money out that bank. I saw you carrying all those drugs. We, where we live, we traffic that stuff. How we make our income, we do different things. He said, so some of my buddies and I, I told them about this doctor in town who comes alone. And he said, I was going to come, my buddies and I formulated a plan we traveled out into the middle of the jungle and we watched you set up camp for the night. We had every intention of killing you and robbing you of your medical supplies so that we could sell them and make money at your, your expense. As we got close to approach, we heard you talking to somebody. We first thought there was company there, but we didn't see anybody. And all of a sudden we saw the flickering light, the ember of light in the tent go out. And we knew you were going to sleep. They said, as we approach towards your camp, all of a sudden, there were 26 armed guards that were standing around the tent. And they dared us to come any closer. He said, who are those 26 men that you travel with when you come? They were just there all of a sudden. The missionary of God, without batting an eye, said, I turned to him and said, oh, I was talking to somebody, but they weren't who you think they were. Because every night when I go to bed, I pray a simple prayer, Lord, you know what I'm here to do. And I pray you put a hedge of protection all around me as I lay my head to sleep tonight. He said, that wasn't anybody that I travel with. That was heaven's armies that travels with me. I don't have to travel with an entourage. They travel with me. I'm telling you, you may not always see the angels. God can surround you aware. And he can have a hedge of protection and make sure you're taken care of. Even when you don't know he's there with you in that moment. Secondly, there's the proposition that's given. Seven, verse 7 through 14, we are given this proposition. In Psalms 27, this is what the Lord says. He says, hear, O Lord, this is the psalmist David. God, hear, God, hear me when I'm praying with my voice. Have mercy upon me and answer me. And you said, God, this is what you told me. You said, David, seek my face. And my heart said, okay, Lord, your face. I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. David said, God, I need you not to turn a deaf ear. And God said, then seek my face, not my hand. 
the problem that we live in today is too many people are seeking a handout from God. They're seeking His hand. They're not seeking His heart. God's not interested in being a sugar daddy in a sky, a Santa Claus, or a genie in a bottle. He's not interested in giving spiritual handouts. He wants to change your life. He wants to make you whole. If you give somebody a handout long enough, they will become, if you will, debilitated by that. They'll become dependent on that, and they'll never strive for more because they expect that. But if you change, it's like the old adage, you can give a man a fish to eat for a day. But if you teach the man the fish, he can live for God's not interested in us just getting by day by day. God's interested in supplying all of our needs. He's interested in blessing us more exceedingly and abundantly above what comprehend in Christ Jesus. He says in verse number 8, we're given an invitation from God. God gives us an invitation. If you want to know about me, seek my face. It's an invite, a proposition. God to me. In fact, don't you remember what David, excuse me, he was talking to Jesus, and even in writings, he talked about casting our cares upon the Lord, for God cares for us. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God wants us to seek after him. But sometimes we seek after him for the blessings rather than being the blesser. We're more interested in seeking the one who gives rather than the giver of all things. We want the hand, not the heart. We want the physical blessings rather than seeking the face of the blesser. We don't, as the body of Christ, have to make sure we don't get to a place where it's all about what God gives us rather than seeking God for who He is, not so much for what He's given. If you're not careful, you'll become codependent and you'll think it's all about what He gives rather than who He is. And God gives us because He loves us, not because He's expected to have to do that. The proposition was seek his faith. Imagine if your marriage was like this. Well, I'll love you as long as you give me everything I want. I always get my way. You never give me any lip. You don't ever try to tell me to do something different. I'm going to leave my shoes where I want. I'm going to put my clothes wherever I want. I'm going to leave the dish right there for as long as I want to. When I decide to put it in the sink, I will. But doggone it, you better not tell me to move it. Everything is perfect as long as you let me do it my way, my way, my way. If I don't want to get up, I'm not going to clean the house. I'm not going to help. I'm not going to move my shoes. I'm not going to put the dishes away. I'm not going to do it. Now, you want to do it, that's fine. And you give me life. We, you know, if you told your spouse, you will never have a mince word as long as I get my way all the time. You try that. Two weeks later, when you open your eyes back up and you can see again, humanity, let's talk again how well that conversation went down. Two black eyes, and you didn't realize it. You're like Rip Van Winkle. You lost two weeks of life that you didn't even know existed. You slept right through them unconsciously. And if you're a smart man, because I know no women would be the one to say this, but if you're a smart man, you're probably not going to wake up and say, now, woman, I told you what the rules were, because you may not see for another two weeks. Maybe not ever again. Who knows? I've never tried that. The only time I did try to say something ridiculously dumb in a joke, I put a football helmet on before Brianna came into the room because if she swung, she's going to break her hand on that football helmet and it wouldn't be my face. So I just put the helmet on and said, let's talk. You know, I figured out the best chance there. You know, the reality of it is we wouldn't treat our spouses or we wouldn't have interpersonal relationships that way because it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. But that's how we treat God. God, I want. God, I need. I want. I want this. God, I want that. God, I need this. I need this. 
God, everything's great. But then when God says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I, I want you to do that. God, you have the audacity to ask me to pray for somebody? Well, no. God, you're asking. See, we're okay gives. But the Bible says, blessed is he and who. what Job said. I bless him, who, the God who gives and who takes away. See, sometimes God's not going to always get it. Sometimes we've got to get it for ourselves. I've always said, I love this song. Let's get it, make your way. It means nothing, but I feel good when you do it. I love this song. The enemy's camp. Now, not probably for the reason that you think. You're going to think, oh, yeah, it's a good song. We get to go Chuck Norris, the devil in his face. It's great. We roundhouse kick the devil in his teeth and be like, woo, we're super spiritual. No, that's not what I meant. I like it because it requires action on my part. You say, well, Pastor, why would you say something like that? Because sometimes God's not interested in him doing the job as much as us being trusting him enough to give us the boldness and equipping us to do the job for ourselves. Sometimes we sit by, it's kind of like, look, I, if I have a newborn baby, they're dependent. Brianna and I just got a new nephew uh, last week, Wednesday, I think. That little baby, I saw it yesterday, that little baby, it is so dependent. When I say useless, I don't mean that in terms of a negative way. But, I mean, it can't do anything. It can't go to the bathroom on its own. It can't change itself. It can't feed itself. I mean, in reality, it's not that it's useless as humanity, but it, it, serves, it, it doesn't help anything other than, you know, cry. You know, gives love, if you will, but he don't know that he's even loving. He's just waking up at three and four times in the night. I mean, he doesn't know. So I can't sit there and say, hey, when you get hungry enough, I'm going to sit you here in the bassinet. You get hungry enough, I bet you'll grab that bottle and drink it, won't you, big boy? You sit right there till you eat it. <laughs> it's probably not going to work. But I buy Micah at six years old, and I shouldn't have to sit there and feed him every day. All right, open up. Open up. Age, I need to be able to say, okay, when you get hungry enough, you're going to sit right here. But when you get hungry enough, you'll eat. You, he'll figure out. He knows how to do that. Not, it's not my responsibility to the court at that point to... He can do that for himself. I shouldn't make up the bed. He can make up his own. I shouldn't pay you to put your dish in the sink. You got two legs, two arms that aren't broken yet. Put it in the sink. It's not my responsibility. Now you need help with a big project. You're trying to get something off the top shelf. And that. You're trying to just, you know, you're six years old. Brush your teeth. I'll inspect them, but brush them. We want God to treat us sometimes like we're still babies coddle us, nurse us, burp us, change us, feed us, pamper us, pat us on the behind a few times and tell us, oh, you're so cute. Oh, you're doing such a good job for Jesus. Oh, you're the best thing ever. And God sometimes saying, grow up. Get off milk. Eat meat. Study the Bible for yourself. Don't wait. You know, no offense. Don't, don't wait for the TV preacher to tell you about it. Read the Bible for yourself. You don't have to have Jimmy Swagger tell you how to do it. Read it for yourself. Not because you don't need to hear the word of the Lord from preachers. It's not what I'm saying. But God also expects us to self-feed from time to time our own self. We wouldn't expect a child to still be nursed and coddled and changed and they're 16. Oh, this is my 16-year-old baby boy. I still change his diapers and I feed him. We would think, He's, something's wrong with that guy. There are some teenagers in our church that are close to that level. But we're working through that with fear and trembling. Okay? The reality of it is, but we have to grow. God gives us the answer. He said, 
Come unto me, all ye who are weary. Seek my face. God gives us the invite. Just come talk to me about it. Listen, I, I know there are times, listen, I'm all about us praying one for another. I get that. But what if you don't know what to say? What if you're at home tonight? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. You don't even know what to call and tell the preacher. You can call me and ask me to pray for you, and I will. But what if you, Brother Tyler, call me on the phone and say, I don't even know why I'm calling you for. I don't even know what to say. I'm just, my heart's broken or I'm whatever. I don't know what to even say. That's why the Bible says, Jesus says, seek his face. You don't always have to know the answer. You don't have to ask, God, I need a healing. Sometimes you say, God, I don't have, I don't know what I need, but I know I need you. I don't know what else I need, but I know I need you. The invitation, the proposition. Because if we treat our spouses with the, I want my way all the time, well, you know what, after a while, that's going to get old. I wonder how God feels when that's all we do with Him. We never let Him talk back to us. We never let Him say what He has to say. We only tell God part of the story. And we tell God, I want, I want, I want. But then when God tries to talk to us, we turn, we hang up the spiritual phone. Okay, God, I'm busy now. I got to go. That wouldn't be much of a relationship. And we'll pick up part two of this next week. The remaining portion is anyone praying. But I want to stop here for this reason. Because I shared to you that the first if you will, point found in Romans chapter 3 is the problem that the Bible said God looked down and he saw no one seeking him. No one praying. It's not a God problem. That's a humanity problem. God's still a life giver. God's still a miracle worker. God's still a miracle worker. God's still a promise keeper. God is still God. I changed, you changed, we changed, whoever the problem is not that God's the problem. We have created the problem. And the only way to fix a problem, Brother Primo, is to find a solution to a problem. If your car gives you all the warning dash light signs that it's going to blow up at any moment, and you go, <laughs> it's just probably being sensitive today. It doesn't mean that. It's just, it's just acting a little hormonal today. It'll be fine tomorrow. Eventually, your car is going to go, and you're going to know, oh, guess it wasn't a joke after all. It gave you the warning light. It gave you the indicator on the dashboard. It told you. And you went, no. No. See, if you don't address the problem, the problem just becomes now a bigger problem. Just changing the oil would have saved thousands of dollars. But you decided you didn't think oil changes were really that important. So you blew up the whole engine and now have to have a whole engine replaced. You should have just bought the $25 oil at Walmart. It have saved you a lot more money that way. It's the same way with God. We know the world's full of problems. We see it on TV. We see it in our families. We see it in our homes. You can even see it in church. Hello. There are problems, but God's not the problem. We have lost, not we as a, this church, but I'm saying universal. Churches have lost what it means to be men and women that pray and seek the face, not the hand, the face of God. And the only way we'll turn it around and fix it is what the psalmist David told us. God, I don't want you to let my prayers fall on deaf ears. And God said, okay, here's the solution. Seek me. Not my hand. Seek my face. Seek me. So here's what I want us to do today. I don't. If you want to come up here and pray the altar, you can. You want me to pray with you, I will. But I want us to pray. Not If you have a specific need, we will certainly pray for that. But today I want to challenge us as the body of Christ to seek God. Not for his hand. But ask God, God, show us your heart. 
Show us your heart for lost people. Give us your heart for the dying and the wayward sons. Give us a heart for the prodigals. God, give us a heart for the disenfranchised. God, give us a heart for your spirit to move again. God, give us a heart to have the Spirit, Holy Spirit of God moving in our church again. God, give us the face. Let us seek the face of God, not the handout of God. And I'm going to give you a, I'm going out probably on a limb, and I, I believe God's not going to let it break when I say this. I firmly believe that if you seek his face, you will be amazed at what he does in the process. He'll take care of what you thought you needed to tell him with your problem. While you're seeking his face, God will simultaneously just take care of the problem beside you. Seek his face. So if you want to come, you can come to this altar this morning. You can, if you have a need, I'll be more than happy to pray with you. Or you can there at your seat. But I want you to just spend the next few moments before we close this service. And I want us to seek the face of God. With every head bowed down, just pray right where you are. If you want to come, you certainly can come. If you have a need, I will be glad to pray with you in this moment right now. You can certainly come if you say, Pastor, I have a need, and I want you to pray for me. I will be glad to pray for you. But I don't want you to seek for the problem. I want you to seek for the provider. I don't want you to seek the blessing. I want you to seek the blesser. I don't want you to seek the person. That, I don't want you to seek the God that's the problem. So I don't want you to seek the problem in terms of, of, of how to get the solution. But I want you to seek the problem solver. And the one who is going to be the one to help you get through it. Just seek the face of God. God, we seek you today. God, we love you today. God, we glorify your name today. God, we honor you. We magnify you. God, we all have need of, we have needs in our mortal bodies. We have needs in our family. We have sicknesses. We have diseases. We have heartaches. We have pain. We have travails in our, in our families and in our church. God, there are hearts that are heavy. God, there are people that are weary. God, there are people that are tired. There are people that are hurting. There are people whose lives are falling apart. God, you know needs. God, you said that all of our needs don't fall. You know what we have need of before we ask or think of them. God, you know what's going on. God, today we are seeking God, the God that is the blesser, not the blessing. Father, we seek the God today that is the problem solver and the provider rather than the one God here that we're just looking for a quick fix and a solution. We don't want another spiritual handout. We don't want another just quick and easy, get me over fixed. No, Lord, we want the Spirit of God. We want the power of God. We want the redemptive work of Christ. We want to see the presence of Jesus in the room. We want to feel your presence. We want to see you high and lifted up where all men is drawn unto you. God, we want to lift you up, the banner held high. We want to show the world that they need Jesus. We want to have Jesus in the center of it all. We seek you, Lord. We thank you for a good, being a good father. We thank you for being a faithful friend. We thank you for being a sustainer of life. We thank you for God being a deliverer in our darkest of hours. We thank you that you can catch tears and they're a language you understand. God, we thank you that we can. you are the God that supplies all our needs according to the riches of Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, we thank you that you are a very present help in time of trouble. We thank you you're the balm of Gilead, the rose of Sharon, the great I am, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the lily of the valley. God, you're the bright and morning star. God, we thank you. God, you know that we have people sick in our body here. We know, God, that there are people that are going through. But we know that we can seek you. God, even you, our, your face we shall seek. And you will supply all of those other areas of our lives with your blessings and with your presence. Oh, God, we want to know you personally and more intimately, not because of the hand, but we want to seek the face and the heart of God. And we thank you and we praise you. And we glorify you 
In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. In the body of Christ together said, Amen. As you stand all over the house, I'm going to ask Ms. Carol if she will go to the key of G. We're going to pray this prayer of blessing for you today. We're going to sing the prayer of blessing over you today. We have sang, it's been a while since we've sang it. I normally pray it. We're going to sing this over each other today. So let's sing it together. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you. Let's declare, so be it unto the Lord with the word, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Let's sing it. Amen, amen, amen. Let's declare our church benediction and proclamation together. Let's say it. Let the words of my mouth meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O Lord my strength and my redeemer I love you I'm praying for you we're going to ask brother Randy Erichberger to close us out in prayer don't forget church tonight at 6 snack nights not this week we bumped it till next week if you you should have already RSVP'd for the baby shower by now but if you just have a Freudian slip and you're like me and you don't remember what day of the week it is tell Miss Susie today after today I'm going to tell her to don't answer her phone anymore and answer your calls but answer her today if you're able to go to that baby shower. Also, all ladies, I forgot to mention this. Miss Jennifer texted me in the middle of church because she knew I forgot. But the sign-up sheet for the food is already out there. We've got 